You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We've been on, this is actually our last week of our series, So That. And uh, it revolves around this idea, really, of our mission of discovery so that we would be a church, that we would reach people with the love of God, people far from God. And this idea that, that we will do. And these three characteristics that we've been looking at. The first week was love, so that. Have faith, last week was so that. And then this week, uh, we're talking about focus. We're focusing so that we can reach those far from God. And uh, so, so this is going to be the last, the last week of our series. Next week, we're just going to kind of, I'm just going to cast a vision a little bit for the years to come, five years. And then after that, ooh, this is going to be good. We're going to do a verse-by-verse study. We don't do a lot of these, but we're going to try it. We're going to attempt to do a verse-by-verse study through the book. You're going to love this, okay? No, I'm not even going to tell you. So <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got, they gave so much time for me. I'm just like, <laughs> no rest. Here we go. Uh, we're going to do a verse-by-verse study in the book of Songs of Solomon. Ooh, boy. For all you folks that love those love novels, mm. it's, I mean, it's some good stuff. It's some good stuff. And uh, that's probably going to be a PG-13 series. And so if you're younger than 13, you might want to send them to the, to the kids uh, area. And, uh, but it's going to be so good talking about relationships, not just a married relationship, but if you're single, come on, all my single people. Hey, it's always quiet. They're like, mm. <laughs> but uh, but for for all all the single folk out there, this uh, something for you to set your gaze on, to look for, and that person, and I promise you, it's gonna be good. Like actually, when you go home, start reading it. Okay, start reading it, and so so you can be like, oh my gosh, he's gonna talk about that. He's, he's going to say that. In church. Yes, it's going to be amazing. I promise. It's going to be so fun, so awkward. Uh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I think, uh, I think it's about time that the church takes back the definition of love, right? And, and so uh, this idea that, man, we, we, wanna, we want to we have the right perspective on relationships and the right perspective on loving one another. And Song of Solomon is, is, a, beautiful, is a beautiful poem, really, a beautiful letter of, of a couple. And it progresses. Anyways, it's, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Um, so that's going to be in two weeks, uh, right after our birthday. I was planning on doing it on our birthday, but I was like, we're going to have people here visiting and they don't want to hear about <laughs> Like, what did I come into? This is crazy. He's talking about fawns and read it. You'll understand. So, so, so that we're, we're in our, uh, we're in our series. So that um, our, our passage, our theme verse really for this series has been out of first Corinthians chapter nine. It's a letter written by this man named Paul. He's writing it to this church in Corinth and, and they'll have it on screen. Hopefully it says, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a slave to all. So that I may win more. So Paul, in essence, he's talking about this idea 
that my goal is to reach people, to share the love of Jesus with people. And he says, I love that, for though I am a free man, so he, he's saying like, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. I don't have to share the love of Jesus. I get to. Listen, everything that you do in your relationship with Jesus should be out of I get to, not I have to. Two people appreciate that. I've been to too many churches, sat through too many services, doing too many things because I felt like I had to. And only to realize that I get to do this. Like it's a privilege, y'all. And so Paul's saying, though I'm free to all men, I have made myself a slave to all so that I may win more, so that I can reach more people with the love of Jesus. I love the message translation. I believe we have that up there. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever, I'm going to reach them. And so, uh, so this morning, we are looking at learning to be focused so that we can reach those far from God. I'm going to pray one more time, and then we're going to jump into it. Father, we love you. God, I thank you already for just, just this opportunity to be free and relaxed. And God, I pray that uh, you, you know this message. You know our desire, the desire of this church, the heart of this church, to reach those far from you. God, I pray that uh, you would help us to do that. Father, I, I pray that you would speak through me this morning, that the... Uh, that what you shared with me, that it would come forth in clarity and in boldness, God. We thank you so much for that. Father, I also just want to pray, God, for our nation. We thank you for our beautiful nation, God. We thank you for, uh, for just giving us an opportunity to live in a land that is free, God. Father, we pray for all of our leaders, God. We pray that you would just continue to be with them, give them wisdom, uh, in, in this time, Father, we thank you so much. God, I pray that this would be an opportunity that we, the church, would love like never before. In times of darkness, that we would shine. God, in times when the meal needs a little flavor, we would be the salt. Come on. Some people in here are addicted to salt, God, but you know what's up. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. God, we thank you that you're taking us to year five. Father, we thank you for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say it. Amen. amen, amen. Hey, so have you ever, like, so maybe you're here, you're a parent, or you've babysitted kids. Like, you try to manipulate them to do something because you think you're smarter than them. And you, have you ever done that? Like, no, me neither. Okay, so we're going <laughs> to, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, so I, I, I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old who's going to be eight. I have a five-year-old, and then I have a nine-month-old who we're learning he doesn't like to sleep. He, yeah, yeah, amen. That's amazing. And, um, and so, but as a parent, I'm constantly trying to uh, manipulate my kids to do something that, that, like, that I need them to do. Right, I, that probably sounds horrible, and you're probably judging me right now. Uh, we don't do that here, okay? 
Um, and, and so, so and here's what I mean. Like, my kids' rooms, uh, they, they're just nasty. They're, they're, uh, they're, it's gross. They're dirt, like, it's just dirty. Clothes everywhere. Uh, I ask them to clean the room. They throw their clothes in the closet, stand in front of the closet. It's clean. I open the closet. Things just, I'm like, this is crazy. And so uh, the other day, I picked up my kids from school. I'm like, over it. But I'm like, I think I have a plan to, uh, to motivate them, right? Because I don't spank. We don't spank. It's Sonoma County. We don't spank. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, so I'm trying to motivate them, right? I'm trying, I'm trying to motivate them. And so I pick them up from school, and um, I'm like, hey, guys, daddy loves you. They're like, oh. I was like, do you guys want to get some Froyo? That's frozen yogurt. Uh, and they're, they're, they're like, yeah, you're the best dad ever. I just let that linger just a little bit, right? And then I was like, hey, we will get fro- frozen, blah, frozen yogurt for you. But first, you got to clean your room. And they're like, okay, dad, we will. And in that moment, I'm like, I won. Y'all are suckers. I just got you, right? <laughs> like, like I'm telling myself this. I don't, I don't say it out loud. I don't want to scar them. Um, and so, so, uh, so we get home, right? And I'm, the, whole, the whole way home, I'm like, I, this is easy. This is easy. And, and we get home, and I'm like, all right, kids, so hurry up so we can get frozen yogurt. And they're like, yeah. And they go to the room. I'm like, man, dad of the year right here. I'm like thinking when my wife gets home, I'm going to be like, babe, look what God sent you. Right? Like, it's a clearly, clearly the anointed, right? And, um, and, and, and so I give them time to, because kids just, they're slow, right? So I gave them like 30 minutes. And, uh, and so I went into the room and I'm like, all right, guys, I can't wait. Daddy's coming to, to see your room. And, and I walk into my little girl's room and she's like playing with her teapots and stuff. And no mess has been picked up. I'm coming back. So I go to my son's room. I'm like, Daddy's coming. I look in the room, and my son's playing his little action figures. Room's still dirty. I'm like, kids, let's talk. Let's talk. And so I try to huddle them together. I'm like, guys, you want frozen yogurt, right? Yeah, Dad. You got to clean your room. You don't clean your room, there's no, fro- okay, dad, we're going to, and so they go back to the room. I check up again, another 20 minutes has gone by. I look, nothing has changed. The only thing different is the activity that they were doing. That's all. And all of a sudden, I went from the moment of like, I'm a genius to, oh my gosh, what is happening and I was like, guys, I don't like to do this, but we're not getting frozen yogurt. No! Why, Dad, why? I was like, really? <laughs> like, I asked you to clean your room like you can get yogurt. That was the goal. If you can stay focused on cleaning your room. But because you weren't focused, 
you weren't able to reach, come on, some of you know where I'm going. You weren't able to reach the goal, the end result, the purpose. And I was thinking about that, how, how easily sidetracked my kids were, how they were so unable to focus in on the goal and on the project. And because of that, they weren't able to reach the prize, the purpose, the point. And I began thinking about that, how, how much that is similar to life in that because a lot of us, myself included, we lack focus, we're easily swayed to things that don't really matter and we never get to that place that we were intending to go at the very beginning. See, this morning we're talking about the topic of focus and the importance of you and I being able to focus. And we're going to talk about specifically what we're, uh, what I believe, what's according to the scripture of what we're supposed to be honed in and focused on. And so what we're going to do is um, we're going to be looking at this topic of focus through the lens of the Apostle Paul and what he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. And we're just going to go verse by verse, a couple verses. I think we're going to end at verse 27. But it's, a, it's very interesting, the Apostle Paul, because what he's about to do, what we're about to read, is that he, he uses racing, running, as a metaphor of being focused. Now, if you've been in church any amount of time and you've talked about Paul, Paul has this thing about, like, running. He loves using this metaphor of running. I hate running. I think it's kind of annoying. I think he's like, I'm cardio, right? Like, I'm like, I don't care. But he does it. I have no choice. Like, that's what it is. And so he uses this metaphor of running to really help us to become focused and understand how to be focused and what we should be focused on. In fact, in context to this, uh, what we're about to read, Paul was kind of a genius in that uh, him using this metaphor of running. See, uh, back in, in this time period, uh, outside of the walls of Corinth, there were these games called the Isthmian Games, kind of like the Olympics. And so Paul knew that these games took place right outside of the city walls. So he, he knew that these people, the Corinth, the church in Corinth, that they would, that they would kind of get this idea of what it means to run a, run a race, to prepare for a race, to be focused. And so this is where Paul's starting, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, I believe. And we're going to start reading right there. It says this, Do you not know that in a race... All the runners run. I wish he just stopped right there. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Dr. Seuss. Um, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. So in this very verse, uh, Paul, he, he identifies two things that I think is very vital for us to know. This is for your notes. The first one is this. Paul wants us to know that we have a purpose. You have a purpose. We actually have, uh, it's twofold. We, we talked about this, I think, three, four weeks ago. And so it's almost like, John, why do you always talk about purpose? 
Because I think a lot of the times we want to know that we're created for something bigger than ourselves. And so Paul is like, hey, I want you to know that you have a purpose. Can we put verse 24 back up there, please? He says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? He, Paul's saying, hey, in this life, you have a purpose. It's twofold. The first part is a, um, it is a unique purpose. Right, So everyone, when you were created, before you were born, God placed a purpose inside of you, a calling inside of you. He, he, he gave you abilities to do something that only you can do the way that you do it. And he placed that inside of you. And that's our unique purpose. We all have a unique purpose. But on, on top of that, I think the reason why we have a unique purpose is because it sets up the mission field for the next one, and that's this, your unified purpose. This is a, the purpose that the moment that you make a decision to follow Christ is the moment you become, the, is the moment that the unified purpose becomes activated. Well, what is the unified purpose? To share the love of Jesus. The last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, go and read your Bible more. He didn't say that. That's crazy, right? The last thing, the last words that Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, he said, go and pray for hours and hours. He actually didn't even say that. The last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, go make disciples. Unified purpose. That's our unified purpose is this idea that I now am part of the team of believers, of people who have identified themselves as Jesus followers. Excuse me. And it's now my job to go and to share the love of Jesus with other people. That's your unified purpose. And I love it how it matches with the unique purpose because your unique purpose gives you an opportunity to fulfill your unified purpose. I'll say that again. Your unique purpose, whatever that is, whether it's being a stay-at-home parent, working at your job, whatever it is, whatever your unique purpose is, it's there, you're there, so that you can fulfill your unified purpose, sharing the love of Jesus with others. And so Paul is saying, hey, there's a prize, get the prize. Like, there's a purpose for running. You don't just run for no reason. Clearly, y'all like cardio, because... <laughs> Because I'm like, yes, I do not like that. So Paul says uh, that you have a purpose. You have a, a unique purpose, but you also have a unified purpose. And the moment that you made a decision to follow Christ is the moment that you said, I will no longer sit in the benches, but I'll, I'm, it's my turn to be on the field. 
And I wonder if that's what, why Jesus said that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Because once we discover our unified purpose, we just want to sit in the bleachers. We, we, we want to not allow God to use us in our unique purpose so that we can have an opportunity to use our unified purpose. And so Paul is saying, he's given this, this, this idea that you have a purpose. And then he goes on to say this, run in such a way as, or I'm sorry, but only one, but only one, I love that, but only one gets the prize. I'm reading that and I'm like, Paul, this is the 21st century. You're gonna make some mom, some dad very upset telling them that only one person gets the prize. Paul, you are not being PC. Paul, chill. Right? Like, he's like, he's like, only one person gets the prize. No, Paul, not in Sonoma County. Everybody, even if they're horrible, they get a prize. This is just, this is just counseling for me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> He said, everyone gets, everyone gets a prize. Or no, he said, one person gets a prize. Look at that. I've been so indoctrinated into Sonoma County living. Um, he said, one person gets the prize. I think that there's, there's something to that, though. See, for the, Is, the Isthmian games that I was talking to you about that happens outside of the walls of Corinth, uh, here's what's interesting. Here's how it's different than the Olympics. For the Olympics, we have gold, and there's other ones, right? Like something. Gold, what? Gold, silver, and bronze. That's right. I watch the Olympics all the time. Gold, silver, and bronze. <laughs> right? So there's three different things that you can, like if I don't get gold, we all want gold. But if I don't get gold, that's okay because there's bronze and there's silver. But unlike the Olympics, the Isthmian Games, there was only one winner. Only one person took the prize. And I think, so, so here's number two. Before I, I number two, Paul saying uh, helps us focus. Focus helps us fulfill purpose. Focus helps fulfill purpose. Focus helps fulfill purpose. So, so there's, not, there's not second, there's not third place, there's only one. And I think Paul is a genius for, for saying that. Because the more focused you are on one thing, the more focused you will be. Well, that was like a Paul statement right there, huh? Uh -uh. So wise, Confucius. <laughs> like... <laughs> This, this idea, so, so think about it. Think about life. Think about the race that you're running. We're all, life is a race, right? And think about how many directions you're pulled in. I gotta focus on being a good parent. But then at the same time, I gotta be focused on being a good spouse. And so, and then I gotta be good at being a good friend and, and, fo and there's so many things, right? That we're, that we're on this race and we're trying to, to go towards. And, and then somewhere in that list, there's this 
I have to be focused on loving Jesus and and um, loving him with all my heart and sharing the love of, of Jesus with other people. And I think the problem with having so many targets that we're trying to reach for is that we can never really focus on one thing. We, we can never really focus on, on what I think perhaps is the biggest thing, the thing that's most important because we're so wrapped up with trying to run that race and run that race and that race and that race. And I really think our hearts are good, right? I, I think that for the most part, I know for me as a dad, like I want to be the best dad and I'm going to be the best dad and I'm, I'm focusing on being the best dad and, and, or I'm trying to be the best husband. I'm focusing on being the best husband or, or whatever context you're in, student. I'm trying to be the best student. I'm trying to, whatever it is, I'm trying to be the best employee. And I think our hearts are right, like trying to focus on being the best. But what if, what if we're going about it the wrong way? Like what if the way to be a better dad or a better husband or a better student, a better son, a better daughter, isn't necessarily just strictly focusing on that. But what if there's something else that we're missing? See, I, I actually think that that we might be focusing on the wrong thing. And here's why I say that. Jesus, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, he's, he's doing this dissertation on worry and stress and how life is, is just so, like, it can drag you and pull you down. Me, okay, that's fine. Um, and, uh, and, and he's talking about stress. And then in the middle of his talk about stress, and worry. He says this in, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Clearly I'm reading it wrong. It should be seek first those things that are, I'm stressing about, right? No? Hmm. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. By the way, that second part, this is not in my notes. Live righteously, that's not based off of what you can do. That's based off what Jesus has done for you. He has made you righteous. Okay, so that part, that's God's, and Jesus. That, that's the third part, okay? We're, we're right here. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. We're made righteous through accepting what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And watch this. And he will give you everything that you need. I'm glad it says need and not want. Because some of you guys will be like, I tried. I wanted this and I wanted that and it didn't work. Well, it's what you need. I will give you everything that you need. When does he give us everything that we need? When we put him first. So could it be that the way that I become a better dad, that I become a better pastor, that I become a better husband, isn't just by, because I think that we should read books, counseling is amazing, but I think that the first and foremost thing is that if we can focus on putting God first, putting his kingdom first, putting 
his purpose for our lives first. I'm not talking about the unique, but I'm talking about the unified purpose first. If we can do that, maybe, just maybe, everything else falls into place. So with that said, if that's the case, man, we got to be focused. We got to be focused on putting the heart of God first. We got to be focused on putting our unified purpose of what he's called us to do above all else. The kingdom of God, understanding that eternity is real. Understanding that we're only here for a little bit. To understand that there is something bigger, there's something greater that we should be focusing on. But we got to remain, remain focused on that. You guys with me? So, we all have a purpose, right? Thank you, Paul, for sharing that with us. We all know that in order to fulfill our purpose, we got to remain focused. So I, I suppose the next question in line is, how do we remain focused? If you're anything like me, and if you've known me for a while, you know that I am not, I can't stay focused at all. It's amazing that I can even stand up here for 30 minutes <laughs> and talk some of you, you've had conversations with me, and you know that it's a miracle. That's how we know Jesus is alive. Like, because <laughs> pastor can stand up there and be focused. So I want to talk to you two ways that we stay focused. I'm going to go through that real quick, then we're going to pray. They're going to do another song, and then after that, we can go eat some cheeseburgers. So two ways we stay focused. We're continuing in on verse 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's going to pop up. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So then again, Paul, he's, he's highlighting this idea that what we are doing, like there's an eternal difference. See, for for because he's continuing on the metaphor of the run, the race for the Isthian games. And uh, so here's what's crazy. The winner of the games, they didn't win gold or jewels or diamonds. They won a crown. Oh, that's kind of cool, John. It's not, though. The crown was made out of dry, wild celery. Yeah. They were training for that. <laughs> And Paul said that, <clears throat> excuse me, that was disgusting. Paul said, they do that for a crown that will not last. But we are doing this for something that lasts forever. I think that in itself helps us to focus in on what really matters. Am I trying to focus on the thing that's going to wither away or am I going to focus on the thing that really, truly does matter? I'm not saying your situations and your circumstances don't matter. Please don't send me emails. But we do it for a crown that will last forever. Here's number one. 
How do we stay focused? Number, number one, with discipline. With discipline. Paul says, he, he's writing in, in that verse that we just read. He said that they go into a strict training. He's saying, hey, these people that are winning the race, that are going to win the prize, that, are going to, that is going to reach the purpose, they're not winning just because they're good looking. They're winning because they put into place disciplines that will help them remain focused in on why they're doing what they're doing. I think it's vital if we are to be focused on the purpose and calling that God has for our lives, then we got to put in disciplines in our life to help us, to remind us, hey, stay focused. I have this, you can write this down, it's not in your notes, but discipline fades distractions. Disciplines fade distractions. See, when, when, you, when, you, when you have disciplines, when you're focused on, 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 a, on the right thing, when you're focused, when you're honed in, what it does is it fades out everything else around And so, so, so it's our job. Like, if I want to fulfill my, my unique purpose, and if I want to fulfill my unified purpose, then I have to, I have to put into discipline things that will help me reach that. Things that will help me say, wrong way. Things that will help me remain on the path that I'm supposed to be. Now, I know it's not easy. I know it's easier said than done. But what are some disciplines that you can put in your life that can help propel you to your purpose, to the prize, to the goal? What are, what are, like there's, there's things. There, there really are. See, if you're called, if your unique purpose it's called to, to be a, a nine to five working at wherever you're at right now. And your unified purpose is to share the love of Jesus with people. You got to put into place disciplines to help you share the love of Jesus with people at the place that you're at. Otherwise, you're going to say whatever's on your mind. You're going to act however your emotions and your feelings are telling you to feel. And so you got to put disciplines in place. Disciplines help us to remain focused, to remain focused in on what we're called to do, who we're called to reach. I remember in high school, I remember in high school, um, I, like I, was, I started to make like my, my relationship with Jesus like really personal like it was no longer my mom and dad's faith but I was trying to do it for myself and I remember some of the disciplines that I that I wanted to do or, or excuse me and I knew that in order for me to fulfill that I had to put disciplines into place and so what I did is going to sound completely like like oh you're a loser for my break time and for my lunch rather than hanging out with my friends 
because I was at a new place. I just went to the library all by myself. But why? Why did I? Because I knew that I had to remain focused. And I knew that I I was so fresh in my faith that I couldn't put myself into those positions and into those circumstances and in those surroundings at that moment. Now, take me, plot me in any situation. I don't even care. But it, you got to start, right, with disciplines, disciplines. Okay, so number one, discipline. How do we remain focused with discipline? Here's number two. Actually, I'm going to read the verse. Well, there it is. Dependence. <laughs> Thank you for stealing my thunder. Number two, dependence. And we're almost done, I promise. Verse 26, therefore, this is Paul. He's still talking about running. Paul, we get it. We get it, okay? We get it. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others... I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Here's what Paul is saying in this. He's saying, I know you think I'm just telling you to do something and I'm not living it. But he's saying, no, everything I'm telling you, the the idea that you had a purpose, the idea that you're called for a purpose, Like, I'm not just telling you that, but I'm telling myself that too. I think you can do a whole series on this idea. I'm not just telling you, but I'm living it too. And so Paul, he's saying that that, that I'm living it. What I'm telling you, I'm doing it as well. And then he says, but I, and I know you probably think, because I'm Apostle Paul, that this is easy for me. He's like, no, this is not easy. This is not easy. He said, in fact, I have to beat myself into submission. I have to tell myself that it's not my choice. See, this is where dependence comes in. Because there will be things that will try to pull your focus away from the purpose. I'm preaching to the choir right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There are things that are going to be pulling your focus away. But you got to know, you got to become dependent on who created you, who called you, who put that purpose inside of you so that when those things try to trigger you and try to pull your focus away, you can say, hey, that is not my decision. That is not my call. It is not up to me if I want to do that or if I don't want to do that. You don't understand the moment that I made a decision to follow Christ is the moment I said, Jesus, you you have all of me. You don't just have 25, 50%. You got it all. You have all of me, Jesus. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And so whenever I want to be drawn away, whenever I want to fall off course, whenever I want to, to sway from my purpose, I know that I am no longer my own. And that if I want to do that, then I'm going to have to talk to God about that. Because I'm dependent on Him. I'm dependent on Him being my rule maker. I'm dependent on Him to to set my standards. 
How do we remain focused? We set up disciplines. We've got to learn to be dependent. On our own strength? Nah, you tried that. No word. You got to be dependent on something that's bigger than you. Fail proof. We got to learn to be dependent on God that if he called me, he'll help me. Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.